You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dancing Man, a fabulous invalid podcast featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creative team of Bob Fosse's Dancing on Broadway. I'm Rob Russo. I'm Jamie Dumont. And we're your hosts. We're also excited to be co-producers of Dancing on Broadway and thrilled, as always, to be back in the Roseville Cocktail Room at Civilian for another conversation with a member of the cast. Yes, and before we get to that, I just have to say, we celebrated the opening night of Dancing last week. And it was a really, really special, special evening. It was a special evening, both at the Music Box Theater and here. This is a great place for a party. It oh, really is. It really is. <laughs> and speaking of a party, yeah. uh, today we're talking to cast member Yanni Marin. Uh, Yanni toured the world with Beyonce before making her Broadway debut in the 2009 revival of West Side Story, where she understudied Anita and got to go on. Dancing marks her fourth Broadway show after Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. I saw her in it. And Wicked. Uh, Yanni has also worked extensively in film and TV, and as she'll share with us, uh, sort of came back to dancing with a G for dancing with an apostrophe. I can't wait to talk to her. I'm, I am very intrigued and fascinated when I watch her on stage, so I cannot wait to talk to her as a person yes. in real life. Great. Well, here's our conversation with Yanni. Yanni, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. You are the first person we've spoken to since Dancing opened on Broadway a couple of nights ago. I have to ask, how are you feeling? I'm feeling excited to finally just like be open and know what the show is and know that there shouldn't be any changes coming. <laughs> <laughs> and personally, relieved because I honestly wasn't sure if I was going to make it. So it was a really, really big and life dancer affirming night for me. So did I notice after the lights blacked out, after you've all done your wonderful curtain calls and the lights black out, did I notice a huge sigh from the company? Did everyone just kind of, <laughs> did all this energy come out of your body, you specifically? Like what, like in that moment, what was going through your mind? It was like a sigh of just release and uh, relief <laughs> because, you know, uh, leading up to it, we did have like a lot of people who 
who were either injured or sick. And our understudies are freaking incredible and I'm inspired by them daily. But to have the full original cast on opening night was just so magical and that we were just like all together experiencing the response from the audience and our loved ones out there. There just is like nothing like it. So we and that all was felt a, that. That was a truly electric performance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were very grateful and honored to be in the audience to witness yeah. it. But the energy from that stage and the joy and, you know, mm. you could you could sense, I think, that feeling of accomplishment and the feeling of like, yes, we absolutely. got here. We got to opening night. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yep. then even, you know, like Wayne's speech at the end mm. and, you know, it was just everything was just so moving and yeah, really special. And he's a crier. He is a crier and <laughs> I am a crier. And if we look at each other, it's a wrap. What got me was Corinne. When Corinne lost it, I I thought, and I'm not a crier yeah. by any stretch of the means. And I got very emotional because it because yeah. even if you didn't know their history at all, you could feel in that moment the connection and the love. And it was it was yeah. great. A part of your dancing journey has actually been a different show that you did last fall that we had a really amazing opportunity to see, which was Signature Theater's gorgeous production of My Broken Language, which, I mean, I I don't know scheduling wise, but it happened to fall between San Diego, the out-of-town triad of dancing and starting rehearsals for dancing on Broadway. So I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about how that project came about and what it meant to you, because we were absolutely floored by it. We loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah, Um, it was, I mean, it really came out of nowhere. The choreographer, Ebony Williams, reached out and said, hey, I'm working on this play the original person who had been cast had a bunch of conflicts that like mm. just weren't going to be able to be worked out with this with the show schedule um would you be interested um you know it's Chiara Alegria and like <laughs> all of these people are in it Daphne Ruben Vega and I was you know and I was like yes 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 what what do I need to do sign me up I'm there <laughs> so it really just was super random and then I had a zoom with with Giara. I just kind of expressed to her how I have this list of things I want to do mm. you know like goals dreams uh, desires and she was in the top 10 like they're not in like order of importance but yeah. like that's it's it, it's got like 200 things on it this list <laughs> so it when she's on the top, that means I've been wanting to do this for a long time. It was to do a straight play was up there to do a play at Signature Theater was up there on in the top 10 and to work with Guerra Alegria. So, you know, I, I told her this and I just felt like it would just be, you know, such an honor to be part of, of the premiere of her show, My Broken Language, based on her memoir. And yeah. And then I was like uh. in the room like three days later. It was the most spiritual and deep experience I think that I've ever had with these five, you know, we were just five women um, telling Kiara's story and I was so blessed to be able to also tell it through movement. It just felt like really, really uh, special and, and I got to explore being an actor on stage for the first time and like kind of, I guess, like holding my own with like all of these incredibly talented and amazing women. Well, we sat down in the theater and we went, wait a second, we know her. <laughs> She's in Dancing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like such a beautiful moment of like seeing you in a different you know, yeah. realm, right? Because obviously we've seen you on stage before, but yeah. you know, to see it so recently, right? Like right after dancing, to see you on stage in New York, it's like, wait a minute, wow. We yeah. were there for the play, the playwright and the director, and then we got a... <laughs> 
a bonus. Double bonus. Yes, right? I didn't know Daphne Rubin Vega was in it either. Yeah. I, I sort of went in blind-ish and what a delight. Yeah, it just well, felt it, right. It felt, you know, it's funny. We, we were chatting before we started recording about how tight the company of Danson is and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I got a sense from my broken language that that was a tight group of you, you, you five were very bonded through that experience. Our very first day of rehearsal, we did like an actual uh, spiritual cleansing, which is part of the Yoruba religion that Kiara, you know, opened up, uh, opened up to us if if we were wanting to partake. And that was on the very first day of rehearsal at the end of the day. I think that that was the moment that just kind of like locked us in and mm. we just became this like one entity. <laughs> That's an unusual end of the first day of rehearsal, correct? It is very unusual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, many things were unusual about the creation and the process of My Broken Language. We had like an altar with our ancestors' pictures up mm. there. We would light a candle at the start of every rehearsal and then light, turn it off at the end. It was just so beautiful. I mean, I, I like I said, I've, I've never experienced a space like that actually now thinking about it, it's it's similar to the space that like Corinne and Wayne have created and have cultivated. It's such a safe space to be yourself and bring in all of it, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, <laughs> the like, let's just like use all of it. But that was the first time that it was just like so personal and so like deep, like soul work. Well, something yeah. we've been learning as, as nascent producers is how essential it is for that trust to be established yeah. between everyone who's working on a theater project. And I'm sure it's the same in different realms, but there's something about the theater and I imagine dance especially yeah. where you have to bring your total self to it. It's your body's your instrument and you're all, you know, in this, it's like being a member of a sports team. I imagine, you know, yeah. you have to have, you have to trust each other. You have to really establish that bond. Otherwise it's not going to work. No. Right? Yeah. No, we like, we need each other. Yeah. yeah. And we need each other to be present and vulnerable and loving and supportive. And, you know, I, I've been saying this, I feel like all weekends that we're just such fans of each other, not just as artists, but as humans. Mm. And I think that Wayne and Corinne just did like such a beautiful job of picking these humans. Mm. <laughs> Um, and that's why it works so beautifully on stage. Yeah. That's the secret sauce, right? Yeah. It's the people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you say that at the end of the show, right? Yeah. It's the people you fall in love with yep. on a show. Yep. <laughs> so you're in love, basically, is I what, am. what you're saying. <laughs> I'm in love with so, everyone. So Bob was right. He was right and he was <laughs> and right. he was right. Exactly. There, there it is. Well, taking a step back, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and your childhood and, and how you started dancing and when you started dancing. Yeah. Um, so I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey, and I started dancing when I was four years old mm. at the first Latina owned dance studio in New Jersey oh, wow. called Oneida's Dance Studio. Um, she is from Cuba. My parents are both Cuban. They came from Cuba in 1980. And yeah. I started dancing, like I said, when I was four. From there, I had the opportunity to audition for the School of American Ballet when I was eight years old. And I was chosen. I was doing like both programs uh, simultaneously and performing with the New York City Ballet since I was nine years old. Um, so that was like my first professional gig where I was like getting paid and like doing shows. 
You were nine. I was nine. What are you doing at nine years old with the New York City Ballet? Like what, what's, what's your job like? Yeah, I, I was doing the Nutcracker. I also did the ballet Coppelia. Mm -hmm. I did Harlequinade. I mean, we're like in the, like in these ballets working. Yeah. Rehearsing, like showing up for your half hour, like doing your makeup, doing your hair, all the same thing that I'm, things that I'm doing now. (laughs) Was it? When you're that young mm-hmm. and you're working like that, was it, did it feel like work or did you feel like it was play? Not um, to diminish how hard ballet is. That's not at all yeah, what I mean. I think both. At a very early age, I was aware of the fact that this is like a profession and now I'm doing it and I'm a working dancer. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, as like a five-year-old, like my, all of my friends would always say like, oh, you just were so much more like aware, hyper aware mm-hmm. than like most five-year-olds. Um, and I think, you know, my parents were business owners and and all I saw was like work, 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 work. And, and that kind of was just like instilled in me. So I knew that like I had a job. So I would go to school all day. Then I would go to the dance studio for my regular classes and prep for competition. And then I would go, my mom would drive me into the city to, to be performing at the Lincoln Center with the New York City Ballet. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and then do it all again the next yeah. day. And you continued doing that through your teenage years? or So I did that up until I was like 12. Yeah. Um, then my parents decided uh, to move to Miami for the weather and just like, you know, they were expanding their business. And I kind of was in this phase of like, uh, rebellion where I was like, well, I didn't want to leave and I'm not going <laughs> to dance anymore because there's no way that like dance is going to be great here. And like, you know, um, so I, I didn't really dance for a while, but I had a cousin who had been dancing, you know, since she was a little girl too. So then I kind of started going to that dance studio. Yeah. And then once I got to high school, um, there was, um, a dance team and there was like dance as an elective. So it did start coming back into my life. And I, one of my mentors who is still a part of my life, <laughs> huge part of my life, um, Miss Jerry Caruncho, uh, was the head of the dance program and still is. And she kind of, uh, yeah, like brought, I keep saying like dance always brings joy back into my life. And, and that was probably like the first time that I realized that, like, I don't know if I can survive without it. So in a way that, that rebellion was kind of helpful because you realized Mm -hmm. once you weren't doing it, that wait a second, I need, I need it. I need this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then of course you got back to New York for college, right? Yes. So then (laughs) I, yeah, I, I wasn't like a huge fan of Miami just because it was so different. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I think it was just like this thing. I was just angry at my parents (laughs) and my dream school was, was always NYU. I don't know like where that came from, but like, I think I heard it once Mm -hmm. from like someone that I looked up to and I was like, that's where I want to go. Yeah. And and when I went to NYU, it was the first time that I like was doing modern and I fell in love with contemporary um, dance and like concert dance. And that really was kind of like what I uh, was like, oh, wow. Like I, I wanted to do all these things, you know, like Broadway and like dance for an artist. And, but like, I really thought that like concert dance was going to be my thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like when I left there, I was like, oh no, I'm going to dance with like Larry Kegwin and yeah. (laughs) Funny how life has different plans for us most of the time. Right. Yeah. Well, Mm. so 
as a professional dancer, mm-hmm. taking in addition to New York City Ballet at a very young age, as we just discussed, you've had a wide range of 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 jobs. You went on Beyonce's World Tour in 2007. You've done Broadway gigs like Wicked, and you've also and West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Can't forget West Side Story mm-hmm. and Radio City. Yeah. So I'm curious. For example. Beyonce's world tour, mm-hmm. how does that compare or prepare or how is that different to doing eight shows a week on Broadway Oof, or 17 at Radio City? Right. <laughs> um, it's not that different, especially I think with an artist like Beyonce, whose work ethic is like insane, like she loves to rehearse. So, you know, we're like over prepared and over rehearsed. And that's why her things look the way they do. (laughs) Are you rehearsing before every show? I mean, not so much, I guess when, once we were already on the road, um, unless she wanted to change something, then we were not rehearsing as much. But I just remember like, you know, being like, there's no way that we're going to be in like heels for 16 hours (laughs) without a break. And we were because she does not take her shoes off. She does not take a break. I'm like, do you drink water? Do you need to use the restroom? No. Okay. <laughs> Superhuman. That's, that's yeah. why she is who she is. Right. I was going to say though, that sounds a little like leading by example, right? Yes. Like if I'm going to do it, we're all going to do it yep. kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, one of, I mean, I, I loved every second of that and I was so young and and it was amazing. And I was doing a lot of things I probably shouldn't be doing, but, um, dance wise. No, I mean, mean like, on the, like road. on the road, you know, like this rock star life, sure, of like sure, totally. not just drinking all night yeah, yeah. and like sleeping all day. Yeah, just, yeah. You were yeah. young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much younger. Um, but I also got to meet my wife on that tour. Mm. So I think that was the best part of it. Yeah. 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 Well, life has a way, right? Yeah. All these things, you know, sort of coming together and working out. for sure. Well, when we spoke to Manny, he mentioned that, you know, several folks had come out of their quote unquote dance retirement Mm -hmm. to to be a part of dancing. Yeah. And I know before we started recording, you mentioned that, you know, your last Broadway opening was 13 years ago with Women on the Verge. Women on the Verge. And of course, you did Wicked in between. Mm -hmm. But it's been a while since you've been on Broadway. It's been about seven years, right? Yeah. So was that true for you? Did you sort of step back into this after... I know you're doing a lot of TV work for a number of years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I don't think I was like oh, I don't want to do Broadway anymore. Yeah. I It was more of like, I don't want to just be seen as a dancer anymore. Um, and also my body. I mean, I, I started at a very young age yeah. uh, professionally. So my body was kind of starting to hint at me that like, <laughs> hey girl, like maybe we should do something else. Um, so yeah, I decided to like leave the business or the world of dance um, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned, explore more of like TV and and really focus on my acting. So that happened in 2013 was like when I officially was like, okay, cool. Like this is it. Did you go to LA? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I moved to LA because it was really hard to do that transition here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like they put you in this box and, and it's really hard to get out of. <laughs> so I felt like the only way was to just not be here and to say no to all the calls that were coming. Like, hey, we have this audition for this ensemble. And I'm like, no, no, like, no. That's just the way that I I felt I needed to do it. Also, my girlfriend, fiance at the time, I can't remember what year that happened, but was living in LA and we had been doing long distance for five years. Mm, so it just felt like hard. the right time, yeah. you know, to like 
you know, figure out like what's going on here. I missed New York a lot. So we ended up coming back. But this, for this show, I tried to like pass on it a million times mm. just because I was like, there's no, like, there's no way I'm, I'm not in shape. I, I, I'm not going to be able to do what, what is required of this masterpiece. So I just tried to like get out of it for <laughs> a really long time until like the very last call that they had. And it was coming out of the pandemic. I don't know. Is it really over? But, and I was like, you know what? I've been really depressed and I think it would really cheer me up to like see my friends in person and give like real hugs <laughs> and just go and, you know, be a fool. And like, yeah. you, you know, you're going to look crazy, <laughs> like, but I knew it was going to be a safe space to just like have fun and dance. And yeah. like, I really did not put any pressure on myself at all. And really it was just a beautiful day to like, just see all of my friends. Mm. Um, I was just going to ask if you walked in and knew all the faces in the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all yeah. my like all my West Side girls and like, you know, like everyone wicked and like yeah. everyone was there. And it was just, you know, like we all like wanted it, but I think what we really wanted was just to be in a room again, like moving yeah. together yeah. to live music, to watch Corinne demonstrate the movement because she's so fierce. Well, there's a great lesson there, I think, for folks who are in the business, which is like, you know, I would imagine I've never been in the position of auditioning mm -hmm. or going through that process, but I can imagine that the desire or the pressure can sometimes get in the way of the work, yeah. right? But what you're describing sounds like a place of serenity yeah. where you just sort of succumbed to the moment and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. And then that's when you book the job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, like, I feel like that that is probably has always been my energy yeah. going in as, you know, like a dancer or like for an ensemble track. I think for West Side, it was like the same, you know, like I just loved the movement so much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not, you know, the pressure of like booking the job. Like I wasn't, I didn't walk in with that. I'm the person in the room at the audition who is like screaming for everyone, <laughs> like work, bitch. Like you, you. Sorry, I mean, I, I don't want to curse, it. We're but explicit. I'm like, you know, like you fucking killed it, yeah. you know, because I'm like, if I don't get it, like I want someone who's talented to get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and I support all of the talented people in the room. And yeah, like some people are like, oh my God, like, you know, she's screaming. Like, are we allowed to do that? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's allowed, but that's, yeah. that's how I express, you know, yeah. my love and my joy for, 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 for dance and, and for the people in the room who mm. I'm maybe not going to get to experience this with again. So yeah. well, we, we, we've heard that from several dancers, which is like, this business is hard enough. Yeah. Can't we just support each other? Yes, right. Please. And like cheer for each other. Absolutely. And again, and then that's the energy that gets rewarded yeah. in the end. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, you got to play Anita. I did. In West Side Story on Broadway. Insane. Like insane. <laughs> that was crazy. Cause I, I did end up going into the open call for that. Um, that was right after the Beyonce, um, gig and I moved back to New York um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do Broadway now. And my agents were like, no, you're not. Like, you need to train. Like, you've been on this commercial gig. You need to get into vocal lessons. You need to take class. You you need to do all these things. And I'm like, I've been doing all these things my whole life. Yeah. So if you're not going to get me an appointment, then I'll just go to the open call. I mean, look at me. I'm 
perfect for the show. I went to the open call and Joey McNeely was literally, I will never forget his words. He was like, where have you been? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm living in Jersey. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, how come I've never seen you? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't do Broadway. <laughs> like, you know. Um, and then I booked the ensemble yeah. from that open call, um, my, my track, which a little side story or, um, Arthur Lawrence ended up naming like my character, Alicia. That's the name of Alicia Alonso, who was like a prima ballerina from Cuba. So I was just like really moved when oh, wow. he was like, Oh, we were friends back in the day. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was amazing. And then I, I booked the, um, the ensemble track and then the callback was basically to go in for Anita. And I was like, what is happening? what is life? I didn't even have a book. Like I sang like an Alicia Keys song. Um, <laughs> so it was wild. It was wild, but I knew that the creative team was on my side and they just like, really, I could tell that they like wanted me mm. to, you know, to not just to perform, but to believe that I could do it. Mm. Um, and after the first like two times that I, I had gone on, Arthur like pulled me over and he was like, I just want to let you know that everyone knows you're Anita. You just need to know it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I can't be Karen. I could never be Karen Olivo. <laughs> so I have to find Anita in Yanni and be Yanni as Anita and believe that she is that you know like he really just like together. opened yeah. up all of these like new dream doors mm. inside mm. hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, thinking yeah. of that that list you described at the top of our conversation, I imagine Jerome Robbins was probably somewhere on that list and Bob Fosse. Yeah. Right? So now you're doing, you know, you've had the amazing experience of stepping into that iconic choreography from West Side Story, which like, come on, mm -hmm. what is more iconic Perhaps the only thing that is, is Bob Fosse, Fosse right? right? The world of Bob Fosse. So uh, one of the great pleasures of the show is that every member of this principal cast gets moments where they shine, where they are spotlighted, where they have a solo or a moment where they pop. You have a lot of great moments that we'd love to tick through a couple of them yeah. to, to see, you know, just get some insight and your reflection on some of them. So the biggest one for me is I Gotcha which happens during Big City Mime. And it's just this explosive 
moment. How did that come about in the room? You know, sort of who does what? And can you share with us a little bit about how you step into that choreography? So the way it came about prior to us coming into the room, I think they had already kind of decided like who was going to do what feature. Mm -hmm. So there was never like, you know, that thing in the room where it's like, oh, we're going to teach it to four people and then see like, oh, I appreciate so much that they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I don't know if we would all be friends. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different thing. So once we like little by little started kind of discovering our features, they just felt so appropriate for each person, right? Um, and to be honest, like I'm, I'm, I'm very embarrassed to say this, but I was not familiar with I Gotcha. Yeah, so I had to go back and like watch Liza with a Z, and like I wanted to see her version of it. Um, it's funny because the older I get, like two things are happening, like. The confidence is growing, but also the doubt and the fear mm-hmm. is like simultaneously growing. And it like one presents itself stronger in, in different at different times. And I didn't want to get in my head too much about like what it's supposed to be because I can't be any of these people, you know, like I said before, like there's no way that I can be Karen Olivo. And like, you know, I wasn't going to be my gotcha was not going to be anything like Liza's because she's Liza. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I think it was more about like feeling confident that I know the movement that was taught to me and the intention and the motivation behind why I go into it in in that larger piece of, of Big City Mime and connecting to like the specificity of, 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 you know, like the shoulders and the hips and like how subtle everything is and then how explosive it is. And every night I'm like, how did she also sing this? Because I'm like, I think I'm on stage for like, I don't know, 35 seconds. (laughs) And I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) you know, So um, I'm just honored that I get to be the one to have that little slice in there. And hopefully I'm making it my own, but still, you know, the people who are familiar with the piece see it and that it's there and that it's not lacking. And it's just an honor. It's not lacking okay. <laughs> at all. It's all there. It's, okay. it's great. I, so I'm going to jump around a little bit because yeah. now I have to talk about the female star spot, right? Okay. Which, which comes right after Sing Sing Sing. We saw it in San Diego and it's very different in New York now yeah. than it was in San Diego. And I'm just yeah. curious, it's just to set it up a little bit. It's five of you. Um, it is five of us now. Yes. Five of us. But in San Diego, was it four? It was four of us. And EO came in as like the straight man character, you know, like, yeah. Great. It's a different scene. Yeah. So it's five of you Mm -hmm. on stools Mm -hmm. right after you all dance the marathon that is Sing, 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 which Mm -hmm. we can also talk about in a second. How did it, so how did it evolve? How did it get to where it is now? Talk to us a little bit about the female star spot. Yeah. I think um, the five of us have been through so much with this number (laughs) Um, to land where we finally have landed. And it seems like the audience is is enjoying it. And, you know, we're still we still kind of go backstage sometimes and are like, what are we doing? (laughs) 
you know? Well, that's what you're doing on stage too. Yeah. So also for, for anyone that hasn't seen the show yet, you're singing the Dolly Parton song, Here You Come Again. Come again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of the few moments in the show where there's almost no choreography, right? Yeah. I mean, you do have a little bit, there's, there's a little bit of, um, everybody. Stoolography. Yeah. Stoolography. Yeah. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's upsetting and also perfectly well, yeah, yeah. descriptive. Out of context. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that's what it is, right? You're, you're basically meant to sit on stools and sing a song and yes. it kind of cuts kind away of like from you. like a cabaret style. Correct. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. Correct. And then we are interrupted by one of the characters who's like, why are we singing the song? And then like everyone kind of has their moment of realization of like, oh, wow, but these words are like not really hitting with me anymore. Like, why <laughs> are we singing this song? And, and I think this version, we do get to bring a lot more of ourselves <laughs> into it, which kind of makes it more fresh and like up- updated, I guess. If you don't know the lyrics, they are a little bit um, problematic by by all standards. Yeah. Um, even though it's Dolly Parton, which is what I was going to say. I love that your character is like Dolly Queen. I Girl, love you. I yeah. love you. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like what we really wanted, we didn't want to trash the song because right. we do know that Dolly is a very smart woman and she she maybe her you know reasoning and meaning for the song is not the way that it can easily be interpreted right mm, right it's, it has to be layered right. so we didn't feel like trashing the song was the right way to go and i think it's more like oh you know the song is fine and we've been doing it for years but like can't we just do a different song? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like why aren't we doing something from, from now? Or like, you know, so I think we kind of uh, are able to kind of like let that go. And then the the version that we did in San Diego was more about like the fact that we were all dating the same man. And we right. kind of discovered that at the very end of the song. What works now is what you said when we first started this conversation, which is that all five of you get to be yourselves for a moment. It's nice to be able to see you five and have a personal moment with you as an audience member, which is why I think everyone's connecting with it so much more. Yeah. Our responses are definitely, they just feel more grounded and like Mm. authenticity, like how Yanni would actually react to something (laughs) that she wasn't okay with, you know, and like Ronnie's next to me and he's like, oh girl, I love this number. Like just shut up. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, and that's like Ronnie, like, you know, he's just like so laid back and cool. (laughs) Well, it is, I mean, I have to say from an audience perspective, it really is landing and it's a really fun moment. In fact, And it's shorter too. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. It is shorter. It is shorter. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just sent a friend of mine from Kentucky Kentucky and her son to come see the show. And I always ask everyone, what's your favorite number? What's your favorite performer? You know, just this little party mm-hmm. trick. And this, uh, he's got to be what, eight or nine years old. His favorite moment in the whole show was here you come again. Really? Yeah. He, he loved it. He wow. loved the interruptions. He thought it was funny. He thought it was smart. You know, cool. the whole thing. Yeah. So you've got a fan in Kentucky. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, fan. Well, we can't talk to you without talking about Dancing Man. Ugh. Because you're at the tip of the spear of that central trio and then throughout the entire number and it's the it's the first b-roll that was released from the show it's arguably how the show got its title it's a very important moment that closes act one and i think if you've seen the footage you know that there is this i don't even know what you call it what's what's the sort of technical term for the hand slapping that you yeah do? there you go hand slapping <laughs> yeah. the hand slapping section yeah the hand slapping <laughs> section that you lead yeah and I, could you share with us, <sighs> A, what it was like to learn that and and B, what it's like to perform it every night? Yeah. 
You know what? It was challenging to learn. Yeah. But I think that having to perform it is more challenging. Every day I go through like a mini panic attack right before. And then when it's over, I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's, it feels, even though we're all, it, it is one of my favorite moments in, in the show for, for myself and my own track. And I, and I get very emotional on some nights. If I, you know, like we're saying the words and and they all mean something different to each one of us. But like sometimes if I'm like really listening, I'm like, wow, this is deep. And it's very um, lonely mm. to be the one to start it because you know that you could potentially fuck it all up <laughs> and no one can save you. <laughs> It's scary. And then at the, when it's over and we're all together and it magically just like happens and the audience is like, Wah! I'm like, okay, that was worth it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but Wayne, you know, most times comes up to me and he's like, you know, cause I did that part and I know it's, it's, it's lonely. Cause you're up there and it's, you start the whole thing. You have to set up the timing and the rhythm and every night is different. Mm. Um, and you have to be so like laser focused. There's so much going on on stage and with, you know, with the band. And sometimes if there's like a cough, like that can kind of interrupt the rhythm. So it's, 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 yeah, challenging, but rewarding. And, and, and even before that moment, right, where the music goes out and you're, you know, you start this final round of it, there's yeah. two other rounds that happen before that. Right. And, and I can't remember if it was the first round or the second round. There's, I'm getting more into like watching everyone in the middle, in that middle cluster, huh. because there's this really complicated rhythm that's happening mm -hmm. where you're all slapping it's different parts two, of your body yeah. at different times. Yeah, it's a counter. Yes. And it, and it feels like it has not evolved, but some nights it's different. Mm. And I don't know if that's, if that's just me hearing it that or if, if it's intentional or no. <laughs> okay. All right. No, maybe it's just, maybe the slaps hit differently at yeah, different yeah. times. You know, well, you can have a different, uh, energy or, or sure. emphasis. Yeah. Maybe that, that's a better way of putting it. It's always yeah. the same choreography, yeah. obviously, Yeah. but it can, it can feel different, different nights, well, which is maybe what you're talking about. And the right? sound, the sound varies depending on like, you know, I always try to hit my thigh in the same spot, but like, that's, it's just too hard. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the sound varies, like right. depending if you're a little too low, closer to your knee, it's going to sound different right. than if you're like higher up. So that can also be distracting because you're, you're going to hear things differently. Mm. And, and the people like I can hear all of them because they're behind, behind me. So yeah, like depending on, on where they decided to do their hit that day, like might be a little different. And like I said, it's really like, we're having, at least I'm having a good time and I try to look, I have a moment where mm -hmm. I make eye contact with each one of them before we do like the big section. But it, yeah, the focus is real. Mm. Oh yeah, and you can feel it in the audience, right? Well, y'all, we're yeah. all laser focused on yeah. you and you can feel that, that yeah. energy. It's know? like, what are they gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm just, I'm really struck by the fact based on what you just said about making eye contact with everybody, mm -hmm. that every dancer has a moment where they're leading the, the company. It feels mm -hmm. like everyone has that moment where I'm, I don't want to say I'm in charge, but I just did. But like where I'm, it's, it's, it's my, you're all, I'm here 
and I'm going to start it, or I'm here and I'm going to take us to the next I've place. I've got or, the baton. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. Know? Great. Thank yeah. you. This yeah. is why <laughs> Rob yeah. is around. And, and that has to be fantastic to, yeah. to be able to share that with everybody, not just the moment that you're holding the baton, but knowing that everybody gets that moment too in the show. And we're all willing to follow yeah. because we trust, we trust in the work and we trust in the people. They're not going to lead us astray, you know? And I mean, I hope that's how they feel about Dancing Man <laughs> when I'm leading, but that's how I feel. Well, we're talking to all um, of them, so we're going to find out. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but I think so. It I just trust, you know, like yeah. there are some shows where, you know, like when people do have moments where they get to have a feature or to shine in, in a way, you know, like the energy is a little like chaotic and like sometimes they do more than, than is needed or, and, and it's hard to trust someone like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But here, you know, everyone knows that even though it is my moment, I can't do this moment without you. So we're, we're in this together. Yes. Maybe I'm in the center and I'm starting it and I'm leading you, but like, I cannot do it without Jacob and Tony next to me because when I hear them join my claps, I know that I'm not alone. And then it starts growing and it starts growing. And the release is so fulfilling that I can't do that by myself. Never. Well, there are so many other moments we could talk about, but I know we've kept you for so long. <laughs> uh, is there any other moment that, that you feel like, do you, do you have a favorite moment that you do or that, that someone else does in the show? Oh God, so many. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go with my my own track. Yeah. I I do feel really honored that I get to close out both acts. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it's it's really special, and for the journey that I've created for myself in the show, it feels like I have this beautiful arc, and that I get to end with Bob's words, but feel them so truthfully. I think my monologue at the end is what is different every single night. You know, like the show is different because of the audience and like what we're each bringing in every day personally and artistically and all of that. But like the monologue is, is the moment that really <laughs> feels really different every night for me. I'm just like enjoying discovering the different things and how to have enough of myself in there without letting it like take over because I do tend to be a little uh, overly emotional <laughs> um, and sensitive. So, you know, containing that, um, but still telling the truth. Yeah, I hope that's working. Well, it's an incredibly poignant way to end the show. Yeah. And, and I think we all feel it, you know, we feel you speaking those words cause they're Bob's words, but they're now your words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the idea behind it all, right. That it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. And I love that when he talks about, you know, you mentioned like the end, it's about the people and he says yeah. the actors, right. He doesn't say the dancers and that just like, <sighs> I just feel so seen and that's why I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you're back <laughs> eight times a week at the Music yes. Box Theater. Thank you so much for, you. for chatting with us, for sharing your story, your remarkable career, and um, the insights that you have, you know, to the work and um, not just the work, but also how to live a, an intentional, vulnerable life where you're manifesting things that you want and 
you're doing them, (laughs) (laughs) which is inspiring. Keep dreaming. Yeah. Right. Like dream, dream on dreams. Like Mm, mm. just, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you for having me. A dancing man, a dancing man, a dancing man with footsteps on the Bob Fosse's Dancing is now on Broadway at the Music Box Theater. For tickets and more information, visit dancinbway.com. Dancing Man, a Fabulous Invalid podcast, is a production of O&M Etc. and the Fabulous Invalid LLC, and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to Civilian for hosting us, and to our audio engineer, Kyle Moore. If you liked this episode, we've got over 100 episodes of the Fabulous Invalid podcast that you can check out, including a two-parter on the life, work, and legacy of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at Fabulous Invalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.